are back. Another episode of Chasing 69, a New York Jets podcast. Teddy, episode 20. Doing this for 20 weeks 20, now. 20, nice. We are here. One Got a week milestone? Training camp. No, I, I, milestones to me 25. are 25. Like even 100, maybe. Come on. <laughs> Let's get to 100. 100. Are we supposed to celebrate 25? We gotta. 25 is fine. Yeah. I guess so. All right. every every 25 and then every YouTube subscriber. So we're at four right now. So we can, <laughs> we can celebrate. Let's 40. bump that up to five. I think, I'm assuming two of them are us. So, yeah, I think that's true. So, so we got two. We can Good celebrate. For us. But welcome in to another episode of Chasing 69. It is uh, Thursday, August 4th. We are sitting here about a week into training camp, and uh, we're just going to kind of go over news and notes from not just the Jets themselves this first week, but from around the league as well, too. Some early scheduling implications as well. Um, some big news coming around from a, a divisional rival as well, too. But uh, before we get into all of that, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore Chasing 69. Same with the YouTube page, which Teddy uh, gave me a good notice last week after we finished recording that something was wrong with the YouTube. It has officially been fixed. All of our episodes had not been just sitting in like a pending space. Let's go. Basically what would happen is I would close out of iMovie before it like finished the export because it would tell me that it was done, but then you need to wait for the second part. So I got all those up there. Noah understands to, uh, to do moving forward. Yeah, we're, we're, we're learning on the go, but we are here. Follow us there. Follow Teddy at Teddy Huncho, myself at Blake Andrew Pace. Um, make sure by the way, also next Monday back on the riding grind, uh, sports illustrated for, uh, jets maven. So make sure to check out all of my work there. Oh, hell uh, yeah. Teddy, how you doing? Uh, we were a week in now where football has been back and we haven't gotten any games, but it's, it's gotta be exciting. Oh yeah. It's exciting. I mean, today, August 4th, first, uh, hall of fame game, first preseason game. So that's gonna... cool. I'll probably watch that for like a drive or two. You're going to um, bet it. No, me either. I don't bet pre. I, it's just stupid. Like how? I why also, would, would you do that? Hand up. I will not watch it. Uh, Who's the, playing? Jaguars. Steelers. Something like that. We. Don't I think even it know. is Jaguars. It is Jaguars, and I do believe it is Steelers. I definitely but, uh, to the Jaguars. Me, but like, I, I just I feel like uh, Jaguars Raiders. Last, okay, for the last decade and I can say decade pretty now, nah, maybe more like five, six years. I have not watched a single preseason game. It does not matter. It is just everybody getting in shape for the season. Now I will watch the jets this preseason because we're doing this and I'm nice. sure there's going to be things that um, we'll want to talk about, but I, I don't watch the Colts preseason. I, I really do not pay attention until the, to the games until the regular season starts. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously guys fighting for roster spots, things like that, but yeah, it is hard to just sit there and watch a game that you know means absolutely nothing and that, like, all the guys we're excited to see are not going to be playing. Right. It's the fact that now the league has also recognized, like, we don't have to pretend like these games matter for all of our starters. If your job oh, yeah. is safe and maybe you're, you don't. know, maybe a little gimped into heading into the week, we're just not even going to put you on the field. Yeah, and, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm surprised or I'm interested to see what the Jets are going to do throughout their preseason just because we're obviously taking this step back approach you know yeah we got a lot of guys who are coming off injury or have had injury history and we're really trying to avoid that and I mean that's like that's basically all training camp is is which guys can get through healthy um so yeah I mean it's exciting football's back but it is it is uh it's still a ways away I'll say yeah 
Exactly. Yep. And so that's why when we're getting into our conversations for today, there's not going to be anything riveting necessarily that we are going to discuss, but I think just a lot of information that we have been picking up, uh, you know, from Jets camp specifically. Um, and like I said, where we're going to start things off with some news um, from early uh, around the league as it pertains to the Jets. Um, we're not going to go over like all the news that's going around in the league, but stuff that that plays a role in 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 the Jets upcoming season or their future. Yeah, man. Let's get into it. All right, right into it. Awesome. So start around. Uh, Deshaun Watson has been handed out his official, I guess, recommended punishment. Um, they are going with a six-game suspension, which the NFL, as of yesterday, when you're hearing this today, when we're recording this, they are going for an even longer appeal. Teddy, I don't even want this to be a conversation around the Deshaun Watson situation. I think that we both agree that he has done some terrible things and we'll let the punishment that they hand out hopefully speak for itself in terms of uh, making sure that everybody is given the the, the punishment and a fair punishment. Um, but the implication is that Deshaun Watson will not be there week two against the New York Jets. And that means that Jacoby Brissett will instead be starting at quarterback, a guy I'm very familiar with. I'm sure most people are now as he's had different stints as a starter before. But when we take a look and we say, hey, the Jets schedule really tough up front, this is one game where we can now officially say we probably thought he wasn't going to be there, but now we can officially say we will not have Deshaun Watson uh, going up against this Jets defense in week two of the NFL season at, at the very least. And it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll reiterate that it's uh, it's what we expected. And but now it's just official. Obviously, you know, we're not going to talk about Deshaun Watson for any amount of time, really. But. He got six games. He'll probably get more. I think he should probably get more. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's awesome. I'm like definitely super amped about it. It's just in terms of like, oh, we don't have to play Deshaun Watson. Um, right. I guess I'm not when I think about the the starting the first four weeks against the AFC North, I'm not like as intimidated as maybe I should be. But when you think about a Browns led by Jacoby Brissett, who really, you know, is what he is, we, we kind of know what to expect from him. And, you know, you got the Steelers team with who knows who's going to be playing quarterback. There's there's some opportunity there for, you know, the teams to not be as as hot and for the Jets to get some wins. And also, like I keep saying, I think the Jets are going to be a lot better. So, yep. you know, it's cool. Deshaun Watson won't be there. We get to play against Jacoby Brissett week two. Hopefully we can be one and oh going into that two and oh leaving it. Um, but yeah, I mean, not really much else to say. Right. I feel like less I'm I'm not I'm, I'm more worried than you are, I guess, about the start of the schedule, just because of especially They're I think and this kind of and this relates to something we were just talking about with the preseason being a little bit lighter is teams aren't really going to have that. They're getting all the reps in this month, but we've started to see teams really take some time into the regular season to find their groove. And Definitely. for a team, as we've talked about before with, a, you know, yes, Zach Wilson is working with the same offensive coordinator as he was last year, but you've got new wide receivers in the game. You got new tight ends, a new running back, a new offensive lineman, Matt Guy Becton coming back, a lot of new pieces on the defense. So it's they're tough opponents and they're opponents that have also been consistent. You know, two of the most consistent franchises in the last decade, almost back to the year 2000, are the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Very consistent. The Browns the last few years have been pretty much the same team. Obviously a big change at quarterback now, um, but, you know, good offensive line, good run game, good defense. And then Cincinnati, you know, a lot of people, I feel like despite them getting to, to the Super Bowl, people are a little bit down on them. 
whereas they really did upgrade, I would say, their team from where they were at the beginning of last season. And, and you know, they got hot in December um, and, and they rode that wave to the Super Bowl, but they beef up the offensive line. So when I look at the schedule, I almost say it's it's not like it's four impossible teams, but it's just four well-built teams that are either consistent or better. Um, so either way, it is nice to see that it nice to see it, it <laughs> you know, that it, it's such a weird way to to it is. it. But it's like, you know, it's what from you want Jets, at the end from of the, the day. Jets perspective. Right. <laughs> it is easier to play Jacoby Brissett than it is Deshaun Watson. When we found out whenever it was and the schedule dropped that we're going to be playing the Browns, like everyone's just, well, we probably didn't know Deshaun was on the Browns yet, but basically everyone's like, oh, hopefully it's early so that, so that he'll be suspended. Um, yeah. Do you think, like, what do you think about the Browns as a team? Like, let's say it's just Deshaun Watson all year. Like, are they one of the top tier AFC teams? Are they a contender for the Super Bowl? Is that how you see them with with Deshaun Watson out there? With this Deshaun Watson, like to me, Deshaun, and it's so weird because obviously he, it seems like he has a lot of stuff that he needs to work out off the field. On the field, I mean, I feel like people are just down on him because the Texans got so bad there for a stretch, but he was looked at in that first stretch as like one of the next guys that's going to oh, be there yeah. for 15 years. So I look at him as like one of one of the faces of football on the field. He's not one of them off on the field. He's one of the, the better talents in the You're game. Walking that in, good. Yeah, I know that it's such a weird line to walk. Um, but you've got Amari Cooper in there now. They've got one of the better running games in football, one of the best offensive lines, a scary defense. They've drafted well. Stefanski's a good coach. If if Deshaun yep. Watson was there all 16 games, I would say that's at least one of the, the division winner. Um, I mean, if not a team that, that should push far in the AFC playoffs. Like, that's such a huge upgrade. Not to shit on Baker Mayfield. No, um, yeah. But it's a huge upgrade. And it's 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 just interesting because, you know, it's – yeah, it's obviously better for the Jets that their backup quarterback is in, you know, but you have a guy who's played who's played in NFL games before, won NFL games before. And it's not like it's not like the Browns have been super reliant on a, a heavy pass game anyway. No. You know what I mean? They've definitely um had games where they're just run, run, run. So it 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 will be interesting to see what they're able to do in those games without Deshaun, just kind of defining their team. Um, and that's why it'll still be a test for this Jets team for sure. Um, much yeah. more inexperienced, much more just new, needing a lot more to go their way. The Browns so. have a strong defense, regardless of whether Deshaun is out there or not. Right. So it's going to be a tough test. And I think that's one of the things with, I guess, all four teams on there. And, and you would say maybe not Cincinnati as much, but for an offense. And as we get into the Jets and how some of their players have been kind of showing off and, and, and how they've been performing in this first week of training camp, you know, that's a tough, those are tough defenses to go out there. So hopefully the Jets defense being as improved as it is, is giving them a real good test this, uh, this summer. So um, I feel like that's, that's, you know, just one big thing we've noticed. And then the other, which to me is just, I mean, a huge, huge story. Yeah. I don't feel like is getting enough attention because 
in the same minute that it happened, Juan Soto got traded. And that, not that baseball is bigger than football, but that was one of the biggest stories that like it, we had been hearing about for a month and then it finally drops. And at the same time, they just slide in this punishment to Miami. The Dolphins have been tampering with both head coach Sean Payton and quarterback Tom Brady since 2019, offering Tom Brady a stake in ownership in which way he would be able to kind of get out of his contract in Tampa, become a part owner of the team, and then just be like, well, I guess I might as well play for you guys. Um, if you know, oh, you guys need a quarterback, I guess I can kind of help out there. I guess I still got it in me. And then uh, Sean Payton, you know, who has been rumored to so many different jobs throughout his time. There was a, a four-year stretch where they were thinking about trading him to the Dallas Cowboys. Now it seems like this whole connection of of uniting Sean yeah, Payton and Brady. I feel like the Dolphins have been kind of bubbling under under not really under the radar, but just like you hear you always hear whispers of like, oh, Sean Payton would love to go to Miami. He'd love yeah. to go to the Dolphins. You know, it's it's been there forever, and and it really got brought to light because of the Brian Flores situation, where he of course accused them of, of really jeopardizing his job and asking him to tank. And then this stuff comes out on top of it. There are text messages, um, you know, and it's, it's funny because the, the Miami Dolphins owner, uh, he is a, one of the biggest boosters and biggest alums from the university of Michigan. So you understand every team wants Tom Brady, but you understand why they would want to keep that into the ownership group. Uh, Tom obviously loves down being down um, in Florida as well too. So um, they got caught and they got punished. They stripped a 2021 first round pick or sorry, no, 2023 first round pick. And then a 2024 third, I have this written down here wrong. Um, but they got rid of a 2023 first. Now they still have one because they traded away their first round pick, um, or they traded, uh, their third overall pick in 2020 to the San Francisco Niners so that they could take Trey Lance. So the Dolphins will still have a first round pick. They just won't have their own first round shrinks to 31 picks. They lose a third round pick the following year. Their owner also received a ban and was fined one and a half million. Uh, some other executives also banned and, and fined as well too. So huge story. I mean, that, that's, that's a tampering to what they said was to the, the extent that the league has never seen before. Yeah, I think that's kind of um, one of the more like telling sentences when you read the uh, the report or whatever it's called that came out about this. Um, really just I remember hearing whenever this broke, you know, last summer or earlier in the year, whenever it was, mm -hmm. I remember just being like, there's no way that's true. And yeah. and we have We've a buddy, Mike, Mike, uh, Mike May, who. He was always trying to tell me, he's like, no, dude, this is real. I'm like, that was not real. Like, yeah. there's no way. And then, I mean, come to find out it was real. I, I think it's very interesting, especially because like Brady is a free agent next year. Right. And was flirting with retirement this year. Like a lot of people thought he was going to try to get out of it and go somewhere else, maybe go to the dolphins. It's just, it's very interesting to think about like, what if this had all not broken, like would things be different, you know? Um, and it's also just like, I don't, it's, it's, it's a neat way for the NFL to kind of be like, Oh, remember when Brian, Brian Flores said that, that the owner was telling him to tank games and offering money. Like, that wasn't really real, but we're still going to punish them for all this other stuff, you know? So it's, it's kind of like a, 
it's kind of like, a, oh, we'll blame them for this. Sean, Sean Payton and Tom Brady probably don't see any repercussions, you know, and then, you know, they lose a first round pick. That's huge, obviously. But it is just it's one of those things where people are going to forget, you know, and 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 whether they were cheating or not tampering, you know, people are going to kind of move on. And it's just it's to me, it's probably something that happens more than we think. Well, the thing is, is that it never came to fruition. So it's like they they found True. out about it and it never happened. So it's one thing if, you know, heading into this season, the head coach and quarterback for the Miami Dolphins was Sean Payton and Tom Brady. That's when you're like, wait a minute. Now you guys yeah. are here. You've been doing you've been planning this for three years and you actually made it work out um, to me. I mean, that shuts down any possibility that this would ever happen. I know. Could you imagine if just like next year, there's no like, way they can do that signing right? with the Dolphins? I don't know. Like, well, I don't know. I don't know. Because now that they've been caught, they're like, well, right. we got well caught, we've been punished. We're both available. So, I, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I know Sean Payton is still, you know, connected to Dallas as well, too. And, and there's reports that Mike McCarthy, if things don't work out there, he could go and be the head coach. Um, one thing if that a 46 year old Tom Brady goes to the Dolphins next year, like that would be insane. Can we also just talk about how? I, we don't know what Tom Brady is going to look like this year. We don't know what he would look like next year, but Sean Payton and Tom Brady, an electric duo. I mean, you know, we, we obviously the greatest duo of all time is Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, but Bill's a defensive minded guy. Josh McDaniels is running the show on offense there. Now you're taking Sean Payton, one of the greatest offensive minds of all time, who, in my opinion, really elevated the career of Drew Brees and, and made him this household name. Brees is talented. I think Sean Payton played a lot more into that. Um, and that's a story for another day. But you take those two together. And if Brady still has something left in the tank, like that's a fucking crazy duo. Yeah. Yeah. First, I want to say it, it's probably a bit funny to Jets fans listening because there's probably a lot of Jets fans that like hate Tom Brady still. I, you know, it was annoying having to play him, but like I I fully easily can just say like he's the goat, you know, like he's the best to ever do it. Um, would you worry with a guy like Sean Payton that he is? This is funny, a funny hypothetical conversation to ha yeah. be having, but would Brady and Sean Payton like would there not be enough control for Brady? Like, I feel like he likes a coach who he can kind of like with Bruce Arians, he can kind of be like, this is what we're going to do. It took a few games going into his Bucks tenure. I mean, obviously Belichick, Belichick wasn't like that, but is also a defensive coach. There were always button heads at the end of the day. Always Brady wanted to do more. They wanted to do less. I mean, I guess they were successful enough, um, but it is I just a bit. It, it's like two greats. Could they fit in the same in the same room? I I think it's the fact that they are both the, the style of offense that Peyton ran was a lot of the stuff that made the Patriots elite back in those early 2010s. It was the quick pass game. It was the screens. Like you think of all the guys that have made themselves prolific wide receivers in, in new Orleans, most notably, you know, Michael Thomas, they call him slant boy. Like that is the bread and butter of that offense is that dink and dunk. And, you know, Brady is can still make throws all over the football field. I would think, I would think if they've been planning this since 2019, that they like the idea They're of working it. together. Yeah. Um, so it, it's funny that it's now like this, this spoiled opportunity, but um, there's no way they can, they can go ahead and do that. I just, you know, back to what you were saying earlier, like the punishment, 
yeah, they lose their first round pick. That sucks. Especially when you've got two of them, you're probably thinking, man, we can really do some damage in the first round. We, we can take, you know, sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson at four and 10 and just call it a day there. Even you know, jets. Exactly. But you know, the money, the ban, the dolphins are worth billions. What, what could it possibly million? matter that your owner can't be around? Oh. Like what owner is doing anything important around the team? You know what I mean? Yeah. That involves. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the owner has an entire team that handles that sort of stuff. Right. So the punishment, and I can't be mad and say they didn't punish him enough because nothing ever came out of it. It's not like they, they snuck this under the rug, made it happen. And then we're finding out, you know, after they're teaming up, but it, it is just interesting to think the only, the only thing that I can think of where this really gets shitty for the dolphins this year just doesn't work out. And Tua, even with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek, are just not getting it done. They're not winning games, and they should have an early pick. And there's a really crowded room of uh, of quarterbacks uh, coming up in this draft class, you know, upwards of five or six that could go in the first round, kind of like 2018. Um, but then you're hoping that maybe San Francisco isn't that great. But if they go on a run and then all of a sudden you're picking in the 20s, like that, that's where it gets really dangerous for Miami Whereas if, if you're a, a, a Jets fan or any fan of, of a team in the AFC, you're like, hey, that's one less team that we have to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. So, Definitely um, a, a surprising story to see. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. was I did not expect that news to drop. And, you know, conveniently, what, it came a day after the Watson news. Right. So, well, and, <laughs> hey, everyone, talk about this instead. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I, the thing that's funny is, like, back when those rumors about Brady were happening, it was like, okay, maybe he's thinking of San Francisco, but which is weird because San Francisco just already gave all this, you know, love to Trey Lance. They traded up, they gave up draft capital. Are they really going to give up on it there? But then again, it's also Tom Brady. Um, but then it turns out, you know, the report came out about Michigan. It was like, okay, wait a minute. This is pretty evident what's happening here. And, and it comes out officially. So just two things, um, you know, pertaining to the Jets, I guess, in some sort that are yeah, the are biggest big news. news. The biggest news of the week, both of them have ties to the Jets in a way. Yeah, exactly. In the in the short term and the long run for the uh, for the Dolphins situation. But um, Teddy, let's talk about the biggest news with the Jets this week. Starting off hot here, uh, you unfollowed Le'Veon Bell on Instagram, on Twitter. 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 Sorry, I unfollowed Le'Veon Bell. What what year is it? Twenty twenty two. Yeah, Le'Veon was there in 2018, 2019. I had an interesting time, an interesting experience with Le'Veon Bell. I, I was very, Loved very him. bought in when we gave him the money. I was so excited. The Jets were, were spending their free agent money instead of just doing nothing with it to get a star. I loved what I saw from him when I saw him play. I loved every time he'd get the ball, he'd make a man miss, but still only get tackled for like a one-yard gain. I really, really, really just thought that Gase was ruining Le'Veon Bell. And, you know, of course, maybe if he was on a different team, maybe if he had a better team around him, he would have been able to kind of bounce back and, and not be so bad after his holdout year. But just time and time again, it was shown to me that I was wrong about Le'Veon Bell. And I would always try to stick up for him and I would always be doing everything. And what would he be doing? He would be dropping music videos and his new rap songs and just doing doing the most on social media. And 
So today, I mean, we all know Le'Veon Bell has come out and said that he's he's not focused on football. He's focused on his rap career. Today, he just went on a rampage. He must have dropped a song or something. He went on a rampage of just retweeting all these people who were hyping him up. So I would be scrolling through Twitter, and then it's like four or five tweets in a row are like, oh, this Le'Veon Bell shit is really fire or something like that. And I was like, you know what? Like, it has been long enough. There is no need for me to be following Le'Veon Bell anymore. He's not coming back to the Jets. He's not going to be, he's not going to bounce back. I don't need him on my fantasy team. So I did it. I cut the cord on Le'Veon and and I'm sorry, but, but I just, I'm not too uh, invested in his rap career. So if I, if it comes across my page, that's great, but, but I'm, I'm done following him. It's a tough day. You know, I feel like the two guys that at least in, in recent history that you've defended the most have been uh, Lamar or Lamar Le'Veon and, and Sam Darnold. And um, yeah, that's true. Maybe we, maybe we just shouldn't have you root for, for guys individually I know. Just root for the Jets I, as a whole. I'm a scarred boy. And I think a lot of Jets fans are scarred. Um, I remember, I think we've talked about this before, but on our first on the first podcast I ever recorded with you, which was a guest. I was a guest on Quick Hits. Quick Hits. And we talked about also coming on Bell and Jamal Adams. It was coming up to the, the trade deadline. Neither of them ended up getting dealt. But I remember you asked me, you were like, who's more important to the team, Jamal or Le'Veon? Yeah. And I, I shockingly said Le'Veon. That was yeah. my guy. But it never came to fruition there with him. Um, but I just thought that was important to tell you guys because I was, Tuned. I was, uh, so bought I don't it. know. It was kind of like a problem. I, I couldn't give it up. I still got Robbie Anderson and Denzel Mims on my dynasty team. That was <laughs> <laughs> the Mims, the, the Robbie Anderson one, I get because two years ago he had like a really great, and he's had good seasons before oh, yeah. the Mims one is hilarious to me. I saw, especially I, because I mean, you're, you're a Jets fan, you know, specifically how many people are ahead of him and you're just like, eh, fuck it. No, that's so true. And it's it's funny because like I don't want to spend time on our podcast talking about Denzel Mims because I feel like it's just like exactly what you just said, like he's not going to be playing, but we always end up talking about Denzel Mims and it's always my fault. But I yeah, saw a tweet today. <laughs> I saw a tweet today and it was just kind of comparing. It was like it was like Quincy and Nunn was first two years with the Jets where he like didn't really do much. Jericho Cotri's first two years with the Jets didn't really do much. And then Denzel Mims first two years with the Jets, all these guys kind of hovering around 350 yards, something like that in their first two seasons. So it's not impossible that something Teddy, happens. Where is he getting onto the field? That's that's there's the, yeah, there's, there's no those other guys. There was nobody really to compete ahead of them. Like there, there's just, there's no spot for him. Unless what guys if he's the hurt. goat. Yeah, I don't want guys to get hurt. Exactly. You want his opportunity to come when, you know, I, the only guy you could say is like, if Corey Davis gets hurt, you're like, well, we'll just put another big wide receiver out there. Right. But, or if Mims is just somehow better than him. But I'm also a big Corey Davis guy. I Man, I'm an optimist. It sucks. You, I, all of them. I, what do you mean? We, we've been doing this. For Every player I'm protecting for an 1,000 yard season. Every episode, <laughs> every episode is you telling us what players you love and me saying, no, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what it is good podcast yeah um so that was not the biggest news obviously the biggest news was uh, and it came out you know we're days late on this because we record in the middle of the week but the Jets signed Quan Alexander 
months in the making. Um, they oh, bring yeah. him in. It was really down to three teams from what he told reporters when he first signed. He was considering going back to the Saints where he had, was just previously thought about the Giants as well, too, but then said the familiarity with the um, with, you know, Robert Sala wanted to bring him here to the Jets. Now, since then, I mean, it's the, the word has been he has been a pleasant addition to the linebacking room, which you would expect. We said he's going to be the starter when he shows up. But um, it's been nice to hear some positive stuff about the linebackers and this trio that is being formed now when you're considering it's not that it's not just the fact that you've got um, Quan Alexander and um, Teddy, why is my name blank? Why am I name blanking right now? CJ Mosley. Yep. CJ Mosley. Jeez. It's not just the fact that you have those two as your top two, but now Quincy Williams is not really a number two linebacker where you need him to be the second best guy. He can be that third guy. And so now they're talking about this linebacking trio we knew the signing was probably coming, but um, what's, what's it been in your eyes the last few days now that he's he's been a Jet? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just nice. The first thing we're starting with is uh, is kind of the one thing we got right from last week. Maybe not the one thing, yeah, but we, didn't get we definitely right. called our shots uh, on Quan Alexander saying he was going to get signed. Um, and, and I'm happy they got it done. I'm happy they got it done early. Um, <clears throat> I put out a tweet right when it happened, but I, it's, it's, it would be one thing to just kind of go through camp, go through two weeks and then say, Hey, our linebackers aren't really cutting it. Like, let's get this guy in here. I'd much rather them bring him in the first week of camp, you know, first day of practice or whatever it was. And, and really just like get him in the system, get him ingrained, realize that, Hey, we have a need. This is a guy who could potentially fill that need. And, and, Worst case scenario, we just have another veteran in this room for these young guys, you know, and um, Marcel Harris is still is still around and and he could become he could get playing time. And it's just it, maybe it's not Quan Alexander being out there every snap. You know, obviously, that's not what it's going to be. But but he's just going to add an element of like vet, a veteran element. You know, he's going to know what he's doing. He's going to know kind of the system obviously it's new but it's the same so I just love this I mean go back to our first show when I said I think the Jets are going to sign two linebackers and they signed none I I really like this signing a lot and I was kind of holding out hope they'd sign Anthony Barr too I think he just yeah. signed with the Cowboys yep. um, but the linebacker room really seems like the weakest spot to me so the mm -hmm. fact that they added a guy like Quan, you know, he looked okay last year. Hopefully he can just keep it up and look decent, you know, just be a solid I, force. Yeah. Well, I don't want to go too far into this conversation, but it's got me thinking like, is linebacker becoming one of those positions on a defense that is just not being valued as much? You know, there are some really good middle linebackers in the league. There's good outside linebackers. But when you think of what's important on a defense, everybody talks about you need a cornerback for wide receivers. <clears throat> You need edge rushers to get to the quarterback and you need disruptors on the inside. Is it becoming one of those positions where I, cause I just, like you said, those are two good linebackers that are being signed here in the early parts of August, late parts of July. So what do you yeah, think? I, I mean, I think that's definite. I think it's definitely like the, the running back of the defense yeah. in terms of just like teams think they can just kind of plug guys in. Um, there are obviously those guys that are great that, kind of break that mold but at the same yep. time like what what do the best linebackers do you know they rush off the edge and they get to the quarterback 90 percent of the time or if they're a great middle linebacker you know that's kind of a different mold that's kind of 
dying. I mean, how many really great, like stud middle linebackers can you think yeah. of off the top of your head? Um, and you know, the league's moving to a passing league. Uh, you think about the jets. Sure. The jets run a four, three, four down linemen, three linebackers, but most of the time the team they're playing is going to, is going to be an 11 personnel or 10 personnel. And you're going to have your nickel cornerback out there. So you right. don't even really view a four, three as having three starting linebackers. You view it as we have two starters and three starting corners. So, so yeah, I mean, I think, I definitely think it is kind of that position of the defense and it's, you know, I don't want to ever say it's not important because it is. And especially your middle linebackers calling the plays, calling the shots. There's a lot of things going on out there, but there just seems to be more room for average guys who can get it done as opposed to you need a stud. Right, exactly. And if the defensive line, like we, like the Jets said all offseason, the coaching staff, if the defensive line can open up holes for the linebackers to make plays, right. then they're saying, well, the, the defensive line is probably more important there. Um, so it's definitely sort of interesting. But now they've got a couple guys in there. Like you said, they're a little bit experienced and can help some of these younger guys. Yeah serve and complimentary roles just one more note on this i guess it, it just kind of came across my head but it is interesting that so much of this role that that quan alexander will probably be filling you know that's what a lot of these kind of safety turned linebackers that's kind of their role playing yeah. playing like the weak side linebacker or the outside linebacker so that's an interesting point too because it's like hey if we think they're going to be passing more, we need linebackers who are going to be able to play in coverage and maybe taking a safety, making them play linebacker. That's the way to do it. Yeah. We haven't mm -hmm. really seen any of those guys succeed for the jets yet. Um, but we have seen guys like that succeed throughout the league with the 49ers mm -hmm. with Robert Sala. So, you know, just interesting to think about. Yeah. Keep throwing, keep throwing darts. Definitely. Shots of the dartboard, maybe one of those guys will turn out. And, and there's a couple of new guys even that I've been reading up on with Jets camp that are kind of transitioning into that role. So it's, it's definitely interesting to see. Um, so, yep, Quan Alexander in there at linebacker. We kind of, like I said, knew it was coming. Just great to see. And great to see that he's he's getting some uh, good praise in his first few days with the Jets as well, too. A um, few position battles, I guess, that, that you know, some stuff that we were a little bit wrong about. Yeah, I mean, we had our position battle uh, episode last week. I figured we'd check again because because a few of them got answered right away yeah and we were dead wrong about one of them and i think there's a caveat with it we obviously we both felt a little frisky seeing becton taken off the the pup list the day before practice and we we're like well fans still on there so let's just go ahead and we're gonna say becton's gonna take that left tackle spot maybe the next morning fan is right. taken off the pup and it's like well okay yeah i guess that that does it uh there so we were a little bit wrong on that we both also made our predictions that Becton would be left because of all this, but then we ended the segment with who knows we could just start Monday or Tuesday morning. And they're like, Oh, he's going to play right. And yeah, that's exactly. exactly what happened. You know, we went out there, they said, Hey, fans going to be left. Makai's going to be right. Salah said that he was misquoted a few times saying mm -hmm. Makai's left tackle days aren't done. And a lot yeah. of people were quoting him as saying his left tackle days are done. That's yeah. not necessarily true. But going into the season, I mean, this isn't a thing they're going to be looking at. This isn't a thing they're playing with. It's it's AVT's right guard, um, Becton is right tackle, and then Lakin Tomlinson's left guard, George Fant is left tackle. I mean, when you look at that line, um, how does that make you feel? I mean, this is kind of 
way back when we did our first projecting starters, this is exactly how you had it. I mean, this is kind of what the Jets said they were going to do, and I wouldn't really buy in, but but it's got to feel good having all those guys out there practicing. It should be one of the best offensive lines in football, just considering the fact that you have you have two very sturdy options on the left side protecting Zach Wilson's blind side. And it's not just the fact that, you know, you've got Fant there who had a great year last year and is an experienced tackle that really seems like he's found his groove here with the Jets. But you also add in a physical, mean Pro Bowl left guard now. And, you know, there were some thoughts, okay, are you going to move him to the right side? But no, we're just going to keep the vets together here and keep the high ceiling guys on the right side. AVT, like you said, I believe, I think you said an episode or two ago that you think he's got Pro Bowl you know, potential, at least this season. I yeah. also would agree with that. Like he's talented enough where that could be the case. And then Becton playing on the right side. I mean, he was, he was fantastic his rookie season on the left side. So if he's healthy and he's in shape, look, McGovern might not be the best center in the world, but when you've got those four guys around him, yeah, sometimes it just doesn't matter. Yeah. And, you know, McGovern is better than we give him credit for a lot of the times. Yeah. And when you're around good players, um, I do just want to talk, talk about Makai for a bit because it has been a journey with this man and mm-hmm. it's not over yet. We got a lot of, I mean, we got four weeks left to camp. We got, um, you know, the whole season to get through, blah, blah, blah. But all off season, all throughout last year, it's just been unknown. It's been, is he healthy or is he still on his way back from the injury? And 40 days before camp, you know, reports coming out, he's overweight. He's not looking good. The Jets aren't happy with what they're seeing. And then, you know, kind of everything that's coming out is just negative and you just worry. I mean, we said it over and over again. It's once we see him out on the practice field practicing, that's when we will be satisfied. And that's when we'll say, okay, I can at least take some type of deep breath. And so the fact that we're a week in, he's been out there since day one, taken off the PUP list before practice even starts, like it's best case scenario. You know, it's what we yeah. kept talking about throughout the off season was hopefully he's just out there at training camp and he's not off working on the side, you know? Um, so that's just awesome. I'm so, so happy to see him out there. So happy to see that like everyone thinks he's looking good um fan you know is still obviously working back from his injury i think it's a foot injury um I'm, that could be wrong but but hopefully he'll be back soon and and i mean this line this line i mean you said it, it it could be one of the best in the league it just all comes down to health and um i'll just also throw in max mitchell kind of running around hyping up the crowd on on one of those first days you know maybe he's a dog maybe if if we do get an injury he can step in and and be swing all right tackle yeah put him in there yeah. as a swing tackle certain so I'm, I'm excited about this line man i'm excited about this run game I, i'm excited about Brees hall i'm just the the ability to run the ball i think is going to be huge for the jets this year just taking pressure off zach wilson not needing him to be a hero to win games and if we can just actually have a a run game that helps us just sustain drive after drive after drive. I mean, that's, that's a huge key in winning football games. One of the, uh, there's a lot of parallels to me when I look at the team that I, I root for and and enjoy watching and that's the Colts and where the jets are now is, you know, I watched for not only Peyton Manning's entire 
you know, end of his career, but also the beginning parts of Andrew Luck's career. And honestly, the entire part of his, it was the, the full thing for him as well, too. Just terrible offensive lines, just crushing any chance of offensive success. Now, the quarterbacks made up for it because they were otherworldly. Peyton Manning had a very successful career with the Colts. Andrew Luck, you know, was one game away from the Super Bowl, made the playoffs every year that he was, you know, a full season starter. Those guys can make up for it. But we also destroyed that man's career because we could not protect him. But once you start to see, you know, you draft Ryan Kelly at center and he's solid. Then you go Quentin Nelson at, at six and you get him. Braden Smith, Pro Bowl right tackle in the second round. You got Costanzo. Then you plug and play Glowinski at right guard. Once you see the pieces finally come together and you're like, holy fuck, we can actually keep our quarterback upright. We can actually run the football. It changes the complexion of a team 1,000%. That sets the tone, that offensive line. So for the Jets, Likewise, we were just talking about Le'Veon Bell. How much easier would his life have been if he had had a great offensive line in New York? Uh, same for Sam Darnold in his early parts of his career. Uh, you know, the Jets have been a miserable offensive line for so long now. If these guys are, if everybody is healthy to start off the season, this line should be one of the best in the league. Yeah, it's exciting. So very exciting. No injuries. No injuries. Please. They've been they've been good. They've been good. I know. Um, I guess other- that's what we're going to get into next. Yeah, well, before we do other position battles, Sauce rotating in with the ones, too. Oh, Give me yes. your thoughts on that one. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's just – it's something we talked about, um, how he probably wouldn't start as as a starter. Um, we wanted to just see how long it started to – how long it took to see him get that work. And, you know, it didn't take long at all. Within the first couple of days, he's rotating in with the ones. Um, Bryce Hall talked a little bit about – uh, their battle. Um, I say that in quotation marks, but, but, you know, Bryce Hall, like we've said, he, he deserves every right to compete for a job, you know, whether it's with sauce, whether it's with, with DJ Reed, he's earned every right. But I mean, everything I've seen, everything I've heard sauce looks great. Sauce looks like the real deal. Um, and it's been having a great camp so far, even as a rookie. Um, so I, I don't think it's going to be long before he's not rotating anymore. It's just, it's the traditional, you know, if you're a pardon my take guy and you watch, you know, listen to the Mount Rushmore's of football cliches earlier this week, it's like one of the biggest ones is like, he's got to earn his spot. The rookie's got to earn his spot. And that's everybody does it across the league, especially with quarterbacks, but other positions as well, too. Sauce is the most talented quarterback on this football team. They're just kind of making him earn it the hard way. So, which is, you know, it, it pays off well. You get your guy working in there, you get him motivated and, and he earns it. And then he's the starting quarterback. So, um, Love yeah. seeing him and Elijah Moore get to go against each other every day, too. I Dude, mean, that's just great. Hopefully these guys can can burst on the scene because I don't know. I mean, Elijah Moore, he, uh, he's been looking great. Had that 70 yard bomb, had that one handed catch from Flacco. I know you guys saw um, the highlights. Oh, yeah. And, and it's DJ Bienemy's, uh least favorite saying. It's uh, iron sharp sharpens iron. <laughs> that's his least favorite saying. Really? I didn't, oh, my God. His I like Twitter, that saying. It's anytime true. somebody says it, they tag him in it, and he's just like, fuck you. That's so um, funny. So, yeah. So those two guys going against each other, great to see. Um, you, you mentioned the health a little bit earlier, uh, Tevin Coleman, who was out with an illness, wasn't really like a huge injury. He came back into practice. Uh, the big one, uh, off the PUP list, Jeremy Rucker, you know, uh, rookie tight end who they're, I'm excited to see experiment a little bit with, because yep. they've been talking about his potential as a, as a fullback guy, you know, it's a crowded tight end room. So, um, but it's nice to see, you know, the, the, the New York kid ready to go. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see if they could work him onto the field and if if he could really embrace that fullback role and succeed, 
um, that, that would be awesome. And it, it would just be a great way for him to kind of jumpstart his career. You know, obviously it's going to be hard to be getting reps at tight end when, when you have two guys who the jets went out and signed him free agency ahead of you. But if he can just work his way on the field as that fullback role, um, you know, opens up a roster spot for him, it, it kind of makes things easier when you're thinking about, can we keep all three of these guys on the active roster? And it's an excuse to get your what third round pick on the field. So mm-hmm. I'm into it. Yeah. I like it too. Obviously it's there's, you know, he, he has a very specific skill set. It's trying to, I guess, round him into a more complete tight end, but tight ends are one of the longer developing position groups I'd say in the game. So I'm not expecting anything super soon, but hopefully he can be one of those guys that really takes it a little bit later on. Um, yeah. Some other news, a little bit of, I guess, a, not injuries, but just a little, a uh, couple of hiccups there. Vinny Curry, small hamstring injury, uh, expected to be back next week. Michael Carter had a, a small ankle injury, was listed as day-to-day, but he, uh, it seemed like he was a full participant in Wednesday's practice, so it yeah. seems like he's even just fine to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, like, we've been lucky with these injuries, and obviously we're one weekend, so far so good, but it is, you know, this is kind of just the first ones we're seeing nothing serious yet. Vinny Curry should be back. Michael Carter's already back. Um, but you know, the, the, like I said at the beginning, injuries are kind of what I am mostly thinking about, um, throughout training camp. I just want to try to avoid the injuries, um, get to the season healthy with our guys that we want to see. I mean, we all were scarred with what happened last year with Carl Lawson. Um, it's just so heartbreaking to be excited for a guy. And then, you don't get to see him for four weeks or six weeks or a year. You know, that's just like my least favorite part of football, least favorite part of football. So, you know, just important yeah. to keep, keep our eye on these things, but so far, so good. So far, so good. And as you mentioned, just there with Lawson looks fantastic. I mean, physically, yeah. like he, he looks like a freak show um, right now. They're playing him at about less than uh, half of, of the reps, um, but they they've told us about this. They're going to really slow play and make sure that week one, he is, he is ready and on the football field. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good to hear, good to hear their uh, kind of being safe with him. Uh, we've talked about, it, they're going to be safe with everyone, but you know, good to hear. I mean, it's same, same story as last year with him, just dominating. It seems. Yep, yep exactly. And then uh, two last things, of course, with, with the jets um, specifically with, with news and notes, Zach Wilson, they're calling it an up and down start to to training camp, which I would assume everybody is up and down to start training camp. It's everybody is playing football for the first time at a consistent basis in, in months. Um, you know, NFL rumors put out that post today that people are saying Joe Flacco is outperforming Zach Wilson in, in training camp. And it's like, OK, maybe the vet that's been around for 15 years has right. up on a guy who's in year two. But what are your thoughts on all of it? It's well, first of all, Zach Wilson. Yeah, he's been up and down. The last two days have been have been pretty solid for everything you're hearing. Up, up, um, yeah. arrow pointing up. Yeah, you know, hopefully, obviously, training camp isn't all that that matters. But you just want to see like him succeeding at any moment. You know, it, it's it's obviously he could have a great training camp and go out and be bad. He could have a bad training camp, go out and be great. But you just hope that you want to see him just gr- grasping the offense, connecting with these guys. You know having some type of bond and relationship with all his receivers and weapons. Um, but, but yeah, I mean the Joe Flacco thing, it's like no shit. I mean, he's 37. He's been playing in the league forever. 
He won a Super Bowl. Like he knows exactly what he's doing. Like he is, he is built to dominate training camp. In my opinion, obviously we want to see our hopeful, you know, future quarterback be the best quarterback in camp. I I'm sure he will be, he has the highest ceiling. I'm sure Flacco couldn't make that 70 yard throw off his back foot to Elijah Moore, you know? Yep. Um, but, but I, I got no hate for Flacco, man. He's a baller. He's great. He's been around. He knows his stuff. Um, it seems like the Jets love him. Zach Wilson loves him. Robert Sala loves him saying, you know, today that, you know, he thinks he thinks Joe Flacco could be a starter in this league, which I don't know if anybody, I don't know. Uh, no, no, not, not for a full 17 game season. I think, yeah. I think you can come out there and you can design some stuff up for him. But once teams, I think, figure it out, I don't know if I could say confidently that over the course of 17, would games, you want him over Geno Smith or Drew Locke? Oh, oh, oh. Geno Smith's about to win that job. What's he, 35? Yeah, that's wow. Um, <laughs> is there a worse starter in the league than that me, situation? No, no, that's easily that's easily the worst. Yeah, um, Flacco isn't going to lose you games. Gino's not also Gino's not going to lose you games. Drew Locke. Mm, Gino could lose you games. He could. And and so could Flacco. Don't get <laughs> me wrong. But I just I think that um, if if you're putting Joe Flacco in Seattle and you're just going to run the football all day and do some dink and duck stuff with uh, DK Metcalf, I think you could get by with him. I would. If you but, look uh, at his starts over the past two years, I mean, they're not that bad. Uh, his starts have been kind of the Jets' best games. So am I? Am I really? Dude, Flacco's the truth. He's elite. I mean, so I'm long. Gino. Uh, just to talk about a former Jet here yeah. for a second, yeah, Gino yeah. seems to be dominating Drew Locke throughout camp. He's taken all the reps basically with the ones. He's. I think Pete Carroll said he's like the guy Far as of right so now. Far. Like he's winning. So you know, we could get a Gino year, maybe yeah. not a full year. We could get a I, Gino beginning to the season. <laughs> but, but even, even then it's like, it, you're going to, are you going to swap him out for Drew Locke? How much better is that going to, it really, Jimmy it truly G is make his way like, to the Seahawks somehow. You have to convince me that Seattle is actually going to give up something valuable because I think San Francisco looks at Seattle and says, you're a division rival. Why are we just going to give you your best starting quarterback when we have to play you twice? Like you got to fork something up. True, but if they can't get a deal done and cut him, why not trade him to Seattle and get a fifth? Yeah, no, that's something like true. that. At the end of the day, if you're getting an offer, and if he's going to sign there anyways, maybe. No, that's a good point. God, that quarterback situation is so disgusting. Um, I know it's fun talking about all the other all the other shenanigans going on in the yeah. league. Yeah, my thoughts on on the Zach Wilson up and down is exactly what you said. He's a he's a young quarterback. He's going to have better days than others. I think that there are days where, you know, the defense as a whole, it, it performs much better than the offense. So those days kind of coincide. Maybe the offensive line isn't helping him out. The wide receivers aren't. I don't think it's all got to be on Zach. Now he's had some bad turnovers and some uh, errant throws, but that's going to be part of his game. It still is, you know, the yeah. beginning of the season that that's going to be him. He's going to have those moments and, and it takes guys a really long time to make that adjustment. Um, especially so you don't if, think Sal is starting a, a QB competition. No, I do not no. believe so. Oh. I don't think there's a All QB right. competition. Me neither. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only, the only thing with Zach Wilson left is I've been sad. We haven't gotten anything 
uh, out of out of the the mom's and I'm not I'm not saying that I'm expecting actual reporters to go and ask Zach Wilson what his business has been like in the offseason with his uh with his mom's friend but you would assume there would be some Stephen Che is down in, in in Tampa Bay Buccaneers practices Billy football is in Jets practice like why are, we're getting nothing out of this what, what's going on there yeah I mean there was the question there there's been all the the questions about like you know, do you see what people say on social media? Like, blah, blah, blah. Right. They've like kind of hinted at it. I think Zach, the most he's ever addressed anything is just saying like, you know, that was crazy. There's nothing really to say. Like, I, I don't know. Um, he did delete his social media today, though. I, that's a, That was a big sports. Well, he said he said he deletes it for the season. He doesn't have the apps on his phone and oh, he has okay. his teams. His team kind of runs his social, social media accounts. So yeah, that makes sense. which is good. You know, I'm glad he's not yeah. reading all our stupid tweets and stuff. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, I don't know. You can't expect real reporters to still be talking about this now that actual football's begun. No. But you did you see some some kid? Uh, got a milf hunter i saw that shirt so and was getting it signed by everyone today yeah that was funny which is the best which is funny. the best um teddy before we finish things off you threw a surprise segment at me want to take me through this yeah so so you know it's training camp it's it's kind of that time of year where you try to to muck through the mud i guess and and try to pick out what you want to what actually matters and what doesn't. Um, but so I, I figured we could do this throughout the course of training camp, you know, just who's got you hyped. You know, it's one weekend. Obviously, everyone is is getting that hype right now. Everyone, you see videos all over the league of different players. Oh, this guy looks great. This guy looks great. Isaiah McKenzie's like the best receiver in the league, according to Bills fans. Um, things like that. But but just looking at at Jets camp one weekend, you know, who's got you hyped? Who, who are you excited to see and are also buying into going into the season? Um, you know, do you have a pick? Do you want me to go first? I have a few. I have a pick, but I've been talking about them all off season. So I, I can't say that I'm, 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 I'm well, going to throw you any just loops go for here. it. Cause but we Jacob didn't talk Martin. about him a ton. Jacob Martin. Oh, okay. I've I've been seeing so much that coming off the edge, he's been getting constant pressure against these tackles, and and I I know he's got a limited role, but I I mean he is going to be great getting to the quarterback this year, um and and so he's the guy. I've just I've, every time I keep seeing I keep seeing stuff about him, and the coaches are raving. So that that's yeah, gonna be my I love first that. Pick. I did not think, think some, you were gonna pick him, but Jacob I'll, Martin, I love that. I'll think of some others while you while you get to to your list, but that's the one that comes to the top of my. No, head. that's all right. I, I was only going for a, a one pick type mm. of guy, so so that's that's Perfect. great. Jacob Martin and gets it. Yeah, love to hear that, and hopefully, I mean, if he has a role, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, my guy, I'm gonna go more basic. I kind of thought we'd be up between the two most basic guys. I guess there's a third, um, but I'm just gonna go with Elijah Moore. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. it's. We've kind of been predicting like he's going to be the guy this year. Obviously, we take Garrett at, at 10, but Elijah Moore. What I love about Elijah Moore is a lot of what our Jets um, fandom has been the past few years is just hoping like hopefully this guy can break out. Hopefully this guy can break out. Obviously, Elijah Moore, you know, got hurt last year. Wasn't didn't have the best beginning of the season. 
But at the end of the day, we saw Elijah Moore ball last year. Like Elijah Moore proved to every single one of us, I can play in the league. I can be an effective player in the league. I can be a great receiver in the league. And that's kind of how I view it. And, and I don't, I don't want to be surprised by Elijah Moore. I just want him to go out and do what we've seen him do and just kind of pick up where he left off before he got injured last year. Um, So just to be able to see like one week through training camp, you know, all the reports coming out today and yesterday that, that he's the clear number one, he's the best receiver out there. And just kind of all the highlights that we've seen, obviously, you know, the highlights in training camp don't tell the full story, but you look at that Zach Wilson pro day throw reenactment you know just throwing a bomb to Elijah Moore who who you know either DJ Reed just got beat or didn't know the coverage but Elijah Moore was nowhere close to to the next uh cornerback guarding him and you look at that one-handed catch from Flacco you know and and it's just I love to just see that he's doing well he's got me hyped up going into the season I really think he's gonna ball I think we get that thousand yard receiver this year um so yeah Elijah Moore's got me hyped Exciting. Yeah. I, I, the, the thousand yard one, like I, I know we talked about props a couple of weeks ago and he was at eight fifty. like, I'm just keep hammering it, keep hammering yeah. it. Cause he's, he's, he's going to go over. Um, but cool. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously, he's been stealing the show there at Jets camp. Yeah. Who was the other one that you were going to throw in there? Honorable mention was just sauce Gardner, just cause yeah. I, okay. I'm just hyped that he's kind of coming in right away, being his long lanky self, every rep I've seen, I, I probably only get to see the good ones on Twitter, but every rep right. I've seen of him, he exactly. looks locked down. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, I mean, Makai Beckton should have us all hyped just being out there. You see him toss over his coach today. Oh my God. I didn't. Did you? <laughs> you didn't. Oh my God, no. dude. He bodies one arm, one arm to the, to the, um, what's the, the pads. What's the coach hold? You know, it's just a pad. Yeah, just a pad. Didn't know if they had a name for it. And dude just falls on his ass. It was hilarious. That's so awesome. Beckton I gotta was check that out. destroying it. Yeah, yeah. Go look at that. Awesome. Well, good. I like that. I like doing that through camp. Uh, who's got your hype? We'll, we'll keep yeah. that going. Who are we buying into. I like it. Awesome. Well, cool, Teddy. Well, look at that. We are uh, just about an hour in here, so I think that's a beautiful time for us to wrap up for this episode. Thank oh, you yeah. guys so much for listening to Quick or er, Chasing sixty nine. A New York, you said it earlier in the show. So quick, quick hits was a great it, name it, it for a podcast, me. man. Um, uh, so it, and while I'm here, I'm also bringing that back next Monday with the Jets Fuck articles. Yeah. So we're, we're going full NFL mode now. Um, I've got it all, all fun and excited and ready to go, but thank you guys so much for listening to chasing 69 and New York Jets podcast. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore chasing 69. As with the YouTube page, Teddy at Teddy Huncho. I'm at Blake Andrew Pace. Look forward to Monday as well too. Sports Illustrated for the Jets have some stuff going out there. Probably going to do about three, four articles a week. Uh, maybe more if wow. needed when we head into the season. So really excited. And uh, there's just stuff to talk about. I was talking with Max, Max Goodman, who who runs the site over there today. And, and he was like, yeah, you know, I'm still focused on the Yankees until that World Series thing is done. So uh, really going to need some extra help into the season. So looking forward to doing that. Uh, looking forward to being back here next week with you, Teddy, as we do we when's the date of the first preseason game? We're coming up on that, aren't we? Because It I know is we've got next Hall of Fame. Friday. So oh, it's, it's, the, my, it's my, the 12th. 12th. Yeah, I believe that's your birthday. It is my birthday. Twenty five. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Well, that'll be great. I, uh, you'll be in Cortland for it, correct? I will that weekend. Yes. I will be in good nice. old Cortland, New York. Yep. Got my, uh, Godson's christening. Wow. Baptism. Godfather. God, Godfather duties. Congratulations, yes. Unc. 
Yeah, thank you. Unk Shine. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to Chase69. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.